make a rep room. Rep, yes. Yeah. Display along the back here. All rims. All rims. Shelf behind us. And and anyone who says, well, what about Amelia? We say, fuck Amelia. I got criticism for. I remember that. I saw that on yeah. Twitter. Well, for also having an an a uh, uneven number of rims versus rams. Oh. Too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> It is the Super Clash Podcast, a podcast about shorter games. It is episode 70. I am your host, Kale. Hey, it's Connor. Oh, Connor with the announcement voice. Announcing. I don't know. <laughs> How was your week, Connor? <laughs> uh, Honestly, very stressful and tiring. How about you? Uh, It, it was not terrible. I mean, I, I kind of got bamboozled today because we swapped over from a new new computer system and we were told, oh, you might get out early today. We were told that the previous day. Well, Friday rolls around. I'm like, well, when are we getting out of here? And I was hoping like at noon. I didn't leave till three Jeez. and I leave at 430 usually. So there was really no point in announcing um, that you can leave early. Yeah, which which kind of made me mad because I was hoping I'd get home around twelve thirty, kind of meditate a little bit, take my dog to the dog park, get prepped for this podcast, and then I basically get home. Oh God, maybe thirty thirty minutes to an hour earlier than I usually do. Yeah, it's so stupid. I think that's kind of my my wife has something similar happen every Friday. She's supposed to get like a half day off because she's like working later each day right so she's doing like 10 hour days for four days so that she has a half day on friday but the reality of the situation is most of the time on friday she gets home around like three so it's like okay was it really worth it (laughs) yeah but it's stupid but on a lighter note what are we sitting on connor sitting on our nice new couch in the updated recording studio. Yeah, and it's really comfy. Like you're sitting across from me. If we wanted to, we could uh we could stretch out and massage each other's feet while we yeah. record. Well, Maybe we are right now. You don't I know. I was about to yeah. Hmm. How, how do you like that, Connor? Right there? Please don't ever touch me again. <laughs> <laughs> but I am so glad we have this because because we have a really nice vibe going on here. And it's like, but this this was a bitch to get into this room. Oh yeah, I have, I still have bruises on my legs and arms, my hand, my wrist. Yeah, we we basically said that once we got this couch in here, this couch is not leaving this room. If you were to move, this couch is staying behind. Yeah, yeah. If if we ever sell this house, this uh, this, this couch, couch stays. Yeah. yeah, or we just smash it into a million pieces to take it out. Hmm. I, I would almost want to leave it so the uh, anyone who's who is looking to move into this house will say, how'd they get the couch in there? And then the realtor can say, oh, no, no, no. The house is built around this couch. Yeah, it was, definitely. So, <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, uh, we have a couple like kind of weird, not, not really news announcements, just kind of pleasantries. Um, I finished uh, the manga Rooster Fighter. Oh, like how many volumes is that? It's only one right now. The the uh, second volume doesn't come out until I think November fifteenth. I need to I need to verify on that. Oh wow! But I really enjoy this. Like Rooster Fighter, for those who don't know, it is what it sounds like. It is a rooster that fights giant demons, and he is on a mission to find the demon that 
that ate uh, his little sister. Okay. And the name Rooster Fighter, you think it'd be totally idiotic, and they're right. But that's why I love it. It's it. I have never seen One Punch Man, but One Punch Man kind of had, from what I've seen, has like this over the top action comedy vibe to it. Yeah. But really, really good art. Okay. And this is what Rooster Fighter is. It's over the top. Uh, it's ridiculous, but the art is really good. Surprisingly good coming from a manga called Rooster Fighter. Do you think they'd ever make an anime of it? I would watch this, watch an anime of this in a heartbeat, so I would hope so. Nice. Okay. Oh, man, I, I love it, and I can't wait for the next season. Or next season. <laughs> next volume. Because, yeah, man. Yeah. So. I really need to get caught up on manga. I have, like, two or three new volumes uh, that I've recently got that I've been really wanting to read. I just haven't. Plus, my backlog is literally, like, probably two foot tall. Two to three foot tall stacks of manga that I have mm-hmm. to read through. Yeah, and I'm I'm still on that search for Comey Can't Communicate Volume 7. Really? It's impossible to find. I almost just need to uh, order it off Amazon. Yeah. If you are you that far in the manga? Are you still Yeah, I'm that far. Okay. Yeah. I'm like I stopped at 6. I'm trying to find 7. And if if I ever get the money, I might just get uh 7 8 9. And that way I can have the next three volumes ready to go. What's in your backlog right now? Um, Obviously, the girl I saved on the train turned out to be, to be my childhood friend. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, I need to re- read Kuba Won't Let Me Be Invisible, volume three. That's another good one, yeah. I need to read the last volume available for The Dangers in My Heart. The uh, new one's coming out soon, I think. Yeah, I need I need to verify that. I need to start Blue Period because I got that in the mystery manga at Barnes and Noble. Okay, okay. Um, I need to read. Uh, there was one. I need to start Way of the House Husband. Okay. So I I have quite a bit on my backlog. Yeah, yeah, that's a reasonable amount. So, which it is good because it'll keep me from. Uh, buying more manga and spending more money I don't have. So. Well, it also fills the gap until you can find or order Comey as well. Exactly. So you have something to... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, going to Barnes & Noble, especially the the one in, um on the Kansas side, is very dangerous. Oh, yeah. I don't think I'll be able to make another trip back there until like the earliest end of October. Just yeah. Just because like... Same here. It's too devastating and, on the wallet. And we're glad it's 45 minutes away <laughs> as opposed to like 10. Otherwise, yeah. we'd probably be there every single day. Yeah. It's rough. But... What's also kind of rough, but also kind of funny too, Google Stadia is shutting down. Yes. And I say this very sarcastically, I am totally shocked. Yeah, it the track record, not only just for Google shutting things down, but the track record for game streaming services just hasn't been great to begin with. And I am very against this sort of pseudo ownership of games mm, you oh know? yeah um but i will say to google's credit on this they're offering refunds for all purchases on stadia so they're That's giving good on google money back for the hardware the software but the, here's the weird part right before you got here i was just going through twitter just kind of reading people's thoughts on google stadia and there are a ton of people 
who have $1,000, $2,000, upwards of almost $3,000 invested into this platform that they're getting back as a refund. Jesus. How do you spend that much on Stadia? I don't understand. That's what I don't get. You know, like, I... I get getting, you know, sort of invested in the newest, greatest thing, but I genuinely don't think I've spent that much even on PS5 yet. Like, that's the truth. Like, and I like my PS5 a lot, and you yeah. own the games. But, and here, here's another, like, really kind of sad tidbit to this story. Um, The day of that it was canceled, the developers who made that Hot Wheels Unleashed game mm-hmm. posted... Today, uh, Hot Wheels Unleashed launches on Stadia. Oh, no. Only for them to, a few hours later, be like, well, never mind, you know? And there were several other indie devs who were like, we plan to release either this week or next month on the system, and now all that work is just gone. You know, that's terrible. And they didn't... All the comments is they were completely unaware that this was happening. Like they couldn't give them any advance notice. Like, hey, it's Google. That doesn't really surprise me. I hope they're making it right with these developers. Like, at least compensate them for their work. Exactly. You know, if if you're not going to support anymore, which I really don't understand, unless the the infrastructure to keep these servers up, running these game streaming services, is just too damn high. It's just not worth it. Like, why not allow these developers to keep releasing games on it? It seems like it was supported at least well enough, but I don't know, man. The The only other thing I heard that is a, a win as well is Ubisoft, of all studios, is saying they're trying to find a way to allow people to transfer their Stadia purchases to PC. Good on them. Like, that's... That's as nice as it could be. It'd be cool oh, yeah. if they offered a way to be like, all right, you know, any of these big developers or big publishers were like, hey, if you have verification of any of your Stadia purchases, we can give you a game key on a platform of your choice mm-hmm. for that game. Like, that would be nice. Yeah, what w- would also be nice in, in a way for Google to almost kind of recycle uh, their ass. I-, I guess assets is the right word. I'm not sure. For Stadia... Um, we talked about this also in the in in the group chat. The controller for Stadia is surprisingly high quality, and yeah. I've heard people say the buttons are responsive. It feels good in the hands. So they did a really good job with the controller. It'd be really nice if they kept the controller on the market. Maybe just like adapted it to be compatible with PC or Xbox, or maybe even PlayStation. Yeah. I would love that because because Google Google could still make a profit off of that, especially with such a high quality controller. And with yeah. in in a world where like let's let's be honest, like there's really, to my knowledge, there's no third party controllers anymore. There are, yeah. There's um not for at least not for PlayStation, probably for Xbox, but I want to say um. There's there's a few out there still. Um, I'm trying to remember the brand name off the top of my head. It's just not coming to me. But there's one like key brand out there, and they're the ones who make like officially licensed controllers for these companies. But they're still a third party controller. Um, God dang, it's gonna bother me now. 
<laughs> I can't remember it. Um, is it Mad Cats? No, it's not Mad Cats. <laughs> Mad Cats tried to get back in the peripheral business and failed a while back. Um, what, what was it then that made like those Afterglow controllers? I was Nyko. Oh, was that was Nyko? I loved the, those Afterglow controllers, and I loved uh, or was that or Afterglow was its own brand? Maybe I actually I think you're right. I think it was its own brand. I I, had I was it. thinking of the Airflow controllers. Oh, did you did you remember the Airflow Excels on PS2? Kind of. Where they had yeah. fans built into mm-hmm. them. That was the dopest controller ever. I had one for the original Xbox. Uh, not not the Air Fan, but the Afterglow. It was green, and when I was playing Halo and you would shoot, it would flash quickly. I have a cool story that's related to that. I had two PS2 controllers that came bundled with my copy of Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith on PS2. Oh, dude, that game was awesome. There was a... a uh, I think there was an Anakin and an Obi-Wan. There's a red and a blue one, I'm pretty sure. And I loved those controllers. The The thing is, with the PS2, I really, really, really wish, going back in time, I saved my controllers for it. Because I had the dopest controllers on that system. <laughs> like, I had the Airflow XL, which I loved. And then I had the the two Afterglow Star Wars ones. Mm-hmm. And, ah, I wish I had them. <laughs> oh, man. So... But yeah, also, if anybody out there has Stadia controllers that they just were going to get rid of or don't want, hit me up. Hit me up oh, yeah. on Twitter or wherever. Yeah, I'm into it. Mm, me t- <laughs> and cuz I I want to I want to feel that controller for myself. So. Oh yeah. And and if I like it, I'll try to muster up some money. Spare change for a Stadia controller? <laughs> please, put a please. <laughs> <laughs> but uh tonight uh is the start of the spooky season. Spooky time. To where we will be reviewing, I guess not really reviewing, but uh, discussing horror games uh, throughout these four weeks of October. And we decided to start off with um, Layers of Fear. But before we get into that, Connor, let's get physical. Okay, if you say so. Oh, we're going to get, we're already getting physical now. We said we were rubbing each other's feet. Get away from me, you nasty little monster. <laughs> so this week we actually have fewer games than last week, but just which is good. Uh, a few of these kind of squeaked in um, that, in theory, I would have maybe announced last week. But regardless, here we go. So the first one is Sea Horizon. It's thirty dollars only on Switch, and it's a Play Asia exclusive. In the world of Sea Horizon, every step counts in a journey of survival and high adventure. Sea Horizon is a roguelike turn-based RPG presented in a 3D bird's-eye view of a hex grid map that's, a diff- that's different every time you set out to explore the shattered archipelago of Mirahin. Choose between a wide variety of characters with their own storied backgrounds and personal motivations. Chart a path across diverse landscapes and treacherous seas as you equip weapons, carefully manage your hunger and health, and weigh risk against the potential reward of each side quest. Activate blessings to help you along the way and make life or death choices in combat. A limited edition is also available for 40 and includes the soundtrack. Pre-orders opened on September 29th. I believe these are limited, or at least the limited edition is obviously limited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The next one barely squeaked in today is the Super Rare Mixtape 4. This is approximately $33. It's only on the PC and the form of a USB. It's a super rare exclusive. Uh, contains 30 games, a hand-curated selection of games from grassroots indie developers chosen for maximum variety of genres and art styles. There's something for everyone. It includes 10 demos on the USB cassette tape with 38 art galleries, 18 developer audio diaries, 27 trailers, and 19 soundtracks with a built-in music player. 
and it's limited to 1,500 units, and it releases October 4th. You said it's a USB, like, tape? Yeah, it's shaped like a cassette tape, but it's got a USB stick. So so you would plug that into the Switch? Plug or? it into your PC. Oh, and PC that's where you access... Okay, that, that's where I got it confused, because to my knowledge, Super Rare only does, like, exclusively Switch games. That's where I got it confused. Except for the mixtapes. They're all on USB... Gotcha. Okay, cool. Yep. Uh, the next one is Taiko no Tatsujin Rhythm Festival. It's $50. It's only on Switch. It says, Welcome to Omiko City. Get ready to drum to the beat of your heart with Don Chan. Join an amazing musical festival solo or with friends. Enjoy a whole host of exciting features and popular music and this all-time favorite series. A new character, Kumo Kyun, has been added, and the game has evolved to include online battles, a party mode, and music subscription service. Pre-orders include an enamel pin set. Releases October 7th. Nice. All right. And the next one is Chaos Head Noah slash Chaos Head Child Double Pack. It's $50, only on Switch. The Chaos series finally arrives on Nintendo Switch with its two games in one double pack. Chaos Head Noah, play as Takumi and use your delusion to find the truth about a serial murder case called New Generation Madness. Your delusion will change the endings. In Chaos Child, you play as Takaru and explore Shibuya in 2015 after an earthquake nearly leveled the city six years prior and try to outsmart the puppet master behind this new generation madness. Pre-orders will include a steelbook and bonus DLC for the uh, launch edition. This sounds fascinating. It's it's interesting how they um, played it or how they're uh, including the 2011 massive earthquake. It was in 2011 with that massive earthquake in Japan. Well, it says on here it's 2015, but... Well, no, no, it's saying that it took place six years... Oh, prior. Yeah. Okay, I, I, I got I got it backwards, so... No worries. Uh, but this one also releases October 7th. Nice. So, uh, and the last one is Shantae, the original. Uh, $35 on PS5. It's a limited run games exclusive. The original Shantae Adventure Returns, first released in 2002, Shantae is the classic action-adventure platformer that introduced players to the fan-favorite half-genie hero. Uh, In her debut title, Shantae hair-whips, dances, and transforms as she seeks out four elemental stones hidden throughout sequin land to put a stop to the nefarious lady pirate Risky Boots. Nice. Pre-orders end October 9th. All right, is that it for Let's Get Physical? Oh, I got the most physical. That's it. Oh, sweet. All right, so let's go ahead and just dive in, Connor, to uh, Layers of Fear. Oh, no, I just lost my page. Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> Where is it? He's screaming over there. Oh, oh there, wait, wait. There it is. There it is. There it is. Okay, we're, we're, we're good. We're good. Are we good? Oh, we're good. Okay. So Layers of Fear is a game developed by a Bloober team and released in 2016. You can generally beat this uh, in about three and a half hours. Although there's other endings that might increase it, uh, the playtime just a little bit. And you can get this for PC, Xbox, PlayStation, and Switch, which we played on, on the, the Switch. Switch. Yep. Yeah. And you play as an unnamed artist who descends into madness and is confronted by his past as he attempts to paint his magnum opus. Oh, yeah. Essentially. So, I was exposed to this game through YouTube. Um, a lot of the major YouTube, uh, I guess YouTubers, I should say. <laughs> I was thinking, what, what's the right word for that? A, a, a lot of the YouTubers played it when it first came out. You know, like Markiplier, um, Jacksepticeye. I, I don't know if PewDiePie pl- has played it or not, but 
it wouldn't surprise me if he did. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I kind of just disregarded it because 2016 was kind of a weird time for me. That was a, a time where I was kind of being like a gaming snob. How dare you? Where it was just like, uh, this looks kind of dumb or or something like that. Like, that's that's one of the reasons why I slept on the on the Hitman games for so long because it was one of those things where it's like, so he's a Hitman, but he but he can hide a suitcase in his pants. What? That's so dumb. But it's like, then I got wise and just said, it's a fucking video game. Why does it matter? <laughs> so, and that's and that's and that's the day I stopped becoming a snob. But anyway, this game though, like for for those who don't know. This game has a lot of PT vibes to it, and it is a really good game for you to be able to scratch that itch that PT scratched for you. Yeah, it's just not as punishing as maybe PT is. And it's and it's like PT because it it's bleeding with atmosphere. That was the one thing that made PT so terrifying. It's like, yeah, you had your jump scares, and you had these scary moments, but what really made pt like burn into my memory was that atmosphere yeah i mean this one it kind of it kind of immerses you into this world that is sort of changing and melting around you Mm -hmm. and you can't really trust that when you open the next door anything is going to make any sense, which yeah. is kind of how PT was. You know, you, mm-hmm. you you get in looping hallways, you'd open the door and the room was different or, you know, things like that. And that's a lot of how this game is. Yeah, and that's, and that's really the major mechanic of this game. Like, you don't really die in this game. Like, it's, I say die, which I will, I will get into because you're kind of required to, quote, die in certain, in certain instances to get a different ending. But... When but you don't really get set back to a checkpoint. You just kind of get up and you continue. It's it's perfect for those people who want a good horror experience, but don't want to feel like they have to redo a section over and over again. Yeah, and it's so funny because I was doing some research here because like these are one. This is one of the games, um, in a whole like variety of games that tried to emulate. PT, and this is one of the few games that succeeds in in giving in giving you that feeling. Like the, the, there are a couple of like smaller games. Like I did some research. There's a game called Granny, which is kind of a low quality yeah, game. I've um, seen that. Which one. not not to knock the the team or the person who made that. They they obviously put effort into that, but it doesn't seem seem like it has that atmosphere or that slow burn that layers of fear or pt had it's more like jump scares which layers of fear has very little in terms of jump scares mm-hmm. it has a has quite a few in the beginning mm-hmm. but as you progress there's less and it's it's more just like creepy shit i think where this one kind of succeeds and i've played a few other um what you would call maybe pt clones in the past where this one succeeds and the others fail is that in this game, the puzzles are not overly challenging mm-hmm. and you never feel a sense of like 
I don't know. Um, what's the good word for this? It's like when I've played other games, like I played a little bit of like uh, Visage, which I see you mention further on here. But Visage, when I played that, the puzzles were just too weird and complicated. And it seemed like a lot of the game mechanics for the uh, supernatural activity were a little bit janky. Whereas in this one, it's almost like you're... You're solving some pretty sim- simple puzzles, but it's in but, a way almost like a horror movie. Yeah, and and these puzzles are simple, but they're really, really create creative. Yeah, they're very creative. The environments are really cool. Every room, like something different happens. You're not getting, you know, surprised by the same kinds of supernatural activity. It's all different. Yeah, and I I I can't quite remember now, but I think I did mention earlier that the major mechanic of this game is the is the um is the ever changing environment. Like like you could be walking down a hallway and there's a dead end. You turn around, that hallway that that you walk down is is completely different. Like a like a door will appear mm-hmm. or like it's a completely different hallway. And that is like the major um I guess selling point of layers of fear is these ever changing hallways and sometimes you'll just keep looping around for five or six times till a door appears and just like the amount of work and I can't and the amount of like um play testing this game had to have in order for this to work is astounding. And we were, you know, we made some mistakes along the way but you can't really fail. You no, know, you can't. And you and you can't really break the game either from what I've seen. Like you you just go, this you game know. It's surprisingly polished. Yeah. And it's visually pretty good looking even on the Switch. I was really surprised how good this game looked on the Switch. Oh yeah. And it, it I don't think it had any like hiccups in performance mm. or anything or If if I had to say there was anything wrong with it, it had nothing to do with the game really. Is that the game um supports the um the acceleration controls for oh. the for the switch, and so there were times where you would try to open up a a drawer because how you open up a drawer in this game is you would hold down ZL and then you would go down on the analog stick like you're pulling open a drawer. Mm-hmm. But if you were to move your control just a little bit, you you would actually shut it because of the motion controls, and that's really the only issue I had. And you can turn that off. Do you think it would have been better with like because you play with a pro controller? Do so you think it'd be better with like Joy Cons? Maybe because in the tutorial it says that you can gr- you can use a Joy-Con and flick it to open the door. Okay, so when it's I, it's really interesting. When I first played the game, I played it on PC, so I didn't get to experience those kind of yeah, motion and controls. Yeah, it, and it, it released on PC first, I believe, and then came out on the consoles later. Yeah. So, I just want to say this one tangent. I don't I don't mean to keep bringing up PT, but I I want to get get this this thought while I'm thinking about it. When I was doing research for um, this game, just because, like, other than the changing environments, there's not that much in this game mechanically, other than the story is excellent. And I, I will say it it does talk about um, alcoholism, suicide, uh, domestic violence. So if you guys are at all, like, sensitive to that stuff, that I would probably avoid this game. Yeah, definitely. I was doing research on this, and I have to say, nothing against anyone that works here, but Game Rant really sucks. Okay. Um, because it almost feels like one of the articles came up as like, oh, 10 games are like PT, you know, which was was probably, uh, it was released pretty recent. 
Okay. But it it started off pretty good. They mentioned layers of fe- fear and uh and vistage. Was that how you said it? Visage. Visage. Like, okay, cool, cool. But as I as I scrolled down, it started devolving into mentioning Resident Evil 7 and 8. Okay. And it was like, okay, I guess you can understand, but the reasons for it was weird. And, and I'm going to read this. So, quote, winding claustrophobic hallways that make up the Baker family's derelict Louisiana mansion. Resident Evil 7 also debuted in the RE engine, a direct competitor to Kojima's Fox engine, which provides for the shadowy, naturalistic lighting and ambiance reminiscent of Silent Hills. So... They're, they're basically saying it's like PT just because of the lighting and the winding hallways. Is, but that's not what made PT PT. No, I think if they wanted to make an actual good comparison, they would say Silent Hill, the, the series itself, was played as a third-person horror game. Right. The Resident Evil series up until 7 was also a third-person horror series. So if they wanted to say Resident Evil 7 was inspired to become a first-person horror because of PT, I could maybe see that. Yeah. And also, they they continued with 8. Quote again, The game's entire first act can be considered an abstract homage to Silent Hills, in which protagonist Ethan Winters attempts to escape a claustrophobic labyrinth while being chased by a tall, deadly supernatural woman adorned in white. Indeed, if not for P.T.'s iconic Lisa, there may have never been a Lady Demetresque. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true at all. I think Resident Evil did the, you know, supernatural creature following you before with games like Resident Evil 2 and 3. Yeah, with uh, Mr. X. Mr. X and Nemesis. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? So I think she's more of a callback to those characters. Exactly. So go, going back on topic as well, when it comes to layers of fear, um, I, again, this is this is game. This game, oh my god, I'm gonna be completely completely transparent with you guys. This game was very hard to talk about just because like it's one of those games where like you need to be able to experience this game because the story unravels as you progress. Um, through like notes left behind you kind of start uh, piecing together how the artist delve into his madness we on super clash podcast our goal is to not spoil anything for mm-hmm. for anyone who wants to listen to the um listen to the podcast because we want you guys to experience the games the way we experienced them yeah exactly and so it's very diff. So something as as like as narrative as layers of fear makes it very hard to talk about. Essentially, what I want to say, like if you guys like PT or if you like any kind of horror game, this might be for you. Especially like if you like more psychological horror. Yeah, and I like the way the story is delivered because you go into this game knowing very little about the background. They don't do an exposition dump. No. They don't set up anything, really. Um, And slowly, throughout the game, you get little snippets of the story. Mm -hmm. You never get the full picture. You never get the entire story told out to you. And in fact, even by the end of the game, there's still some unanswered 
questions you might have. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, part of the fun because you're piecing together this story and then you're left to kind of, at the end, come to conclusions on your own. Yeah. You know? And by the way, this this game has three different endings, too. Yes. Yes, it does. Which I didn't know. I wanted to keep that a secret from you. Yeah. So and that you'd, like, play it as naturally as you would. Yeah. And so, and you you we we ended up with the uh, neutral ending we'll just we'll just leave it at that mm-hmm. but there is a bad ending and as close to a good ending as you get because no matter no matter what your character ends in misery yes through, I, through his own doing i think my first playthrough because the ending on this one kind of took me a little bit by surprise i want to say i got the good ending the first time okay when i first played because I'm not going to say the spoilers, but the end, you see a certain thing that tips you off whether, you know, which ending you got. And I got the one, I think, that tips you off that you got the good ending. Okay. You know that, what I'm that saying? Was you. That was you, right? Yes. Okay. You, you, you're you not talking about the our, our experience. Yes. Our experience, I believe we got the neutral one, okay. right? Okay. Yeah, because I my, my research said that's what we got. We got the neutral ending. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So... So I'm I'm happy that I've got to see two different endings at least. Yeah, seen and this and like I said, this game goes down so easy. Oh yeah, you could. This is how we played it. We carved out a night and we just sat down and we played the game, you know, together on the couch. I let you have the controller because I'd played it first, right? And uh, I just kind of watched you play it and helped you kind of solve some of the puzzles. Mm-hmm. Some of those puzzles are really hard. Yeah, admittedly, some of them aren't the most logically straightforward but i think with enough time like you might spend maybe an extra like 10 15 minutes trying to solve something yeah it's not like so bad you're bashing your head against the wall it's not like ever forward bad no 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 and once you figure them out you're like ah, uh, okay okay you know which some, something really interesting too codes in this game change with multiple playthroughs so you just mm-hmm. so you you can't brute force your way through a puzzle because those numbers um change with each playthrough yeah which is nice too that's a small little detail that i enjoyed and again some something akin to pt um i remember a, a, a point in in pt where um like one of the buttons on the controller would appear X triangle and that'd be different every time. Mm-hmm. So, which is, I, I get is a pretty common thing. I'm not saying PT was the first game to do that, mm-hmm. but still, I think this game is much more accessible than a game like PT. If we're going to oh, compare yeah. them, this is much more accessible. This, this one points you in a path a lot better. Yeah. And you could honestly give this game to anybody who has a basic you know, background in video games, and they could play this game. Mm-hmm. It, it is not a complicated game. No, but it is very. It's a scary game. Like, oh yeah, this, this this is a really, this is a really good horror game. And it plays with a lot. The horror really plays around the with the fear through the eyes of the player. So you could be facing in one direction. And you turn around, and the room behind you is entirely different than it was. And then you look back the other way again, and that part of the room has changed too. Mm-hmm. So the fear really comes from what's behind me, what's around this corner. When I open this door, it's going to be something that I'm not expecting every time. Yes. And this game also um, really plays on your primal fears. Yeah. Too. It's got like creepy dolls. 
Mm-hmm. It's got melt. It's got um, melting faces on a pa- or melting paintings. Um, it's got paintings where the eyes seem to follow you, so you always feel like you're being watched. Mm-hmm. And the scariest thing, zombie tits. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which which is implied to be your wife. Yeah, it's it's a really fun game to just pop on and play. Like for me, I think this is a game. Every year, I would maybe just do a playthrough of. Oh, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. It's such an easy playthrough. You can do it in a short amount of time, and it's just fun. It, it, the 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 world is just so disgusting and creepy and interesting that mm-hmm. it's, it's fun to just experience it. It's, and, this is, and this is a game that's more fun to experience it with friends. Like, yeah. I, I, I'll enjoy a horror game on my own, but there is, like... Horror games almost get elevated to a different level when you play it with friends because you could all experience it together and, like, all get scared together. Yeah. Or if you really want to fu- fuck with them, when someone's playing, just, just yell up loudly and scare them. It's like, you know what the best comparison I can think of? It's like going through a haunted house with friends. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. And I, I reacted how I would in a haunted house. Like, the... Like there were times where you, where you would tell me, "Hey, turn around, man! Turn around, man!" Like you're no. walking backwards I, through a door. Yeah, and, <laughs> and if I had to turn a corner, I would I would uh, turn it wide to where I would face the wall mm-hmm. and go like. But there are times where you have no choice but to turn around. Oh yeah, it doesn't let you get away with that all the no. time. No. So, <laughs> what did your uh, so? For transparency's sake, we played it, and then our, our wives were also in the room, too. Uh, my wife was probably heads down playing uh, Splatoon or Tetris 99, but how, what did your wife think of it? I think she liked it. Like, she was pretty invested in in the game. Like, like when, whatever notes I found, I would read, and she w- would have these genuine reactions, like, oh, that's disgusting, or that's, like, oh, my God. I think out of the, so you two were sitting next to me, and I think out of the corner of my eye, I saw both of you jump a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> so I, what do you think about, at some point, us playing through either the DLC or the second game? Because I haven't played either of those. I, I would be so down for that, especially since they're, because they have... The DLC with this, which fo- I think focuses on the wife. Okay. I believe the wife or the daughter. And then you have Layers of Fear 2. And then they have another game coming out, I think next month or this month oh. actually, called Layers of Fear. Hmm. Uh, it, 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 oh, God. It was announced not too, not too long ago. At least a trailer was. Maybe it was at Gamescom. I'm not sure. I really hope that... You know, obviously, I know nothing about the DLC or the sequels or anything like that, but I really hope they don't. <clears throat> wow, my voice just dropped. Oh, I really oh, hope oh, they. Uh, are you starting to hit puberty? Yeah, I'm going through it again. Um, <laughs> I really hope that they don't change the gameplay in it because I think this gameplay has just so much replayability that I would be super bummed out if I went through and I played the others and I they don't play the same way. Like maybe there is a you know you you can die or the puzzles are much more complicated and frustrating mm-hmm. or the game is much longer like if they change those things i don't think i would like it quite as much yeah and i i want to i want to park on, park on the game as much longer um horror games are kind of weird horror games kind of uh they they wear out they wear out their welcome very quickly which is why i think like 
the length of Layers of Fear, which we mentioned was about three and a half hours, that that's a good amount for a horror game. Yes. Um, like when when you get into games more like Alien Isolation, that's twenty twenty five hours long. It gets it just gets exhausting. Yeah, it, it, it gets to a point where you 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 want just want to be done with it. Nothing to do with the, with the game, like the game's getting bad or anything. It's just you get you reach a point where you just you, you're just done. I also don't like like over complexity in horror games because I think if you're so focused on trying to solve a puzzle, it takes you a little bit out of the atmosphere of mm-hmm. all the creepiness, like. It, it felt so natural going through this game and then, you know, knowing that after you solve this puzzle or behind the next door or when you flick on a light switch, something's going to happen because you felt immersed in it. Mm-hmm. But overall, I would probably give this game oh, probably like a 9 out of 10, man. This this, really? this this was a really good, enjoyable game. And I think it was a really good game to start off the spooky season and I would recommend this game to anyone who wa- who wants to play a game during the month of October or does anyone who wants to play a horror game at all yeah and this this game is relatively cheap I don't I um I don't know how much it is on Steam but it has to be like 20 bucks yeah I think it w- it released at like 20 bucks I don't think it was super expensive let's see here but uh I- if I had to rate it I'd probably give it like like an eight, eight and a half. It's not a perfect game. There's definitely some stuff that could be tweaked a little bit. Um, you know the the visuals. While I said they looked good, they're not perfect by any means. You know, it's definitely you can tell this is from an indie studio for mm-hmm. sure. And and to bring it, yeah, it is. Tw- it is twenty bucks. Super okay. affordable. So yeah, and I think the switch version is i want to say it's the legacy version or something yeah, like yeah. that yeah the, the legacy version which which comes is with the dlc yeah, it comes with all the dlc yeah which is what i had i had the the legacy edition i think so so great deal great game i'm going to say this again i'm so excited for the spooky season there's so many good horror games out there and we and it, i don't know what's coming next uh i know what game is the week after next mhm but I don't know what what game we're playing next, Connor, because that that's your week to choose. I wanted it to be a little bit of a secret. Well, oh, for them, yes, for them. I'll mm. I'll tell you after we're we're done here, but yes, so is it? Hmm. Sweet. Uh, oh, yep. Yep. What you thinking about it now? Is 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 the secret a hint? When you say it's no, a no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to read into it. You're like, what the hell is he talking about? Hmm. Tell me all your secrets, Connor. I don't have any. I'm sorry. Oh. All right. Well, this is going to be kind of a shorter episode. This month is because of... Like, it was this... a shorter game. Yeah, it's a shorter game. I said this month. <laughs> yeah. It's... it's it, At the time of this recording, it's Friday. I'm tired. It's uh, the end of a month, but it'll be the beginning of a month for you yes, all. Yes, and the gerbil in my brain h- has died. Yeah, it's it's been rotting away it's, for a while. It's like, like the wheel is still spinning, but that poor gerbil is just spinning with the wheel it's just with the rolling wheel. with it yep poor little thing has had a heart attack oh <laughs> it's like that's sad it's uh, it, it, i'm sorry this is off topic it reminds me of um it was an episode of futurama with like the brain suckers you know yeah and one fell off a of fry and he was like wait what happened and Dr. Farnsworth picks it up and goes, poor little guy starved to death. Oh, <laughs> Just kung fry stupid. That's just sad. <laughs> <laughs> just... 
That's how I feel. <laughs> so. I feel sad often. <laughs> All right, guys. That'll pretty much do it for us. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, like, and like and subscribe if you like the show. Or if you don't like it, tell your friends. Maybe they'll like it. Um, also, uh, I'm going to do a, a little bit of a plug here. We, we have our merch. We have merch um, where we have shirts. We have hoodies. Uh, we have uh, hats, we, which are legitimately embroidered hats. Uh, yeah, they're, they're good they're, they're not They're not ironed on or anything. And we, we do our best to reasonably price them. The only thing that's um, a little bit more on the pricey side would be the tie-dyed hoodies, but that's just because they're hand-dipped. And you've seen one in person. What do you think of them? Uh, they look really warm. Perfect for, for the fall season. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to start wearing mine once the weather gets a little chillier here. Yeah. So, anyway, guys, we will see you guys next time. Goodbye. Yeah.